Good morning, church. Thank you for joining with us today as we do church online together. Online is very different, and I get that. And I suppose, actually, everything in our world today looks a bit different. Lockdown measures coming in just when we don't expect it. Everything does look different. Everything's changing at a rapid pace. But this morning, I'm so glad that you've been able to join us for church online. And as we come around the word of God, I'm excited because I know that God will speak to us, that his word has so much to say to us, to challenge, encourage, and equip us. Over the past few months, and over lockdown in particular, I've been reading through the book of Psalms. It's this book where we hear a lot about the life of David. It's full of prayers, it's full of songs, and it's full of laments. And it shows David's reactions to some things that have happened in his life that we can read about in the Old Testament, both really the ups and the downs. So for me, it's this book that we can all relate to in some way or another. It's full of all kinds of emotions. So yeah, as people, we understand it. We understand what he's feeling and it's something that we can very much relate to. Psalm 34, which we're gonna look at today and this morning isn't really any different. It's this story of how David remembers how God brought him through something in the past. And it's all very much something that we can relate to. So if you have your Bible or your phone this morning, wherever you may find yourself, whether that's on in the kitchen or in the living room, in your pajamas or eating your breakfast, why don't you turn to Psalm 34? And we're going to be reading first 1 to 10 today. But whilst we're finding it, I want to give you some context. So in 1 Samuel 19, we read of King Saul. Now, King Saul, he was facing this threat. It was this threat of being dethroned and it threw him into this fit of jealousy. And it put him on this journey to try and kill David, who was the one he was threatened by. 1 Samuel 19 paints this picture of David escaping the king. And David finds himself fleeing Danish, the king of Gath. However, this escape probably wasn't the wisest move. It wasn't the smartest decision for David to make to run to this king because he ended up being on Philistine territory. And the servants there on this ground recognized him. Now for David, I began to think what that would be like for me. Like as a child, um, we'll all admit it, I'll be the first to definitely admit it, when you'd done something wrong. And it was the panic moment that when you ran up the stairs to hide underneath the blanket, underneath the pillows, behind the door, and the fear that you felt, the fear that gripped you when your parents found you, I will definitely be first to admit it that I have felt that. But for David, this fear would have been so much worse. David's whole life was at risk. He was facing this risk of being killed by the one he felt threatened by. 1 Samuel 21 tells us that David was afraid. He was so full of fear of the king. He was so full of fear of being recognized that he ended up doing some strange things. 1 Samuel 21, 13 to 15 say this. So he pretended to be insane in their presence and whilst he was in their hands acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. I said to the servant, look at the man, he is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? 
And so David, he makes his escape. His plan worked. The king sends him on his way. But from this strange and remarkable story, we have the words of Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is David remembering this strange encounter, this life or death experience, and how the hand of God delivered him through it all. Psalm 34, 1-10 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul is exposed in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, Jesus saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Let us just pray, church, before we come round the word of God. Father God, just thank you that you're here with us today. God, wherever we would find ourselves, whether that's in our living room, in our car, listen to this. God, wherever we would find ourselves today, God, thank you that you are with us. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you, God, that you are in control right now, Lord. And we just pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, would you minister to us and let us hear your voice today as we come round your word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. After David's experience that we read about in Psalm 34, there's so many things that I could pick to speak on today that would be so relevant to us where we find ourselves. We could say that worship shouldn't just be this random act, but it should be a response at all times and all seasons. David recalls of how when he sought the Lord, God answered him and delivered him from all his fears. And I'm sure that today, wherever you find yourself, that there's been moments in your life where God has delivered you. And this morning, it's good to remind ourselves of that, isn't it? How God has delivered us, how God has saved us, where we find ourselves today that God has been faithful. He says of how this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And that was just our story. We cried and the Lord heard us. But for us today, when we look at Psalm 34, I want to take us under this thought from the passage. It's this whole thought of refuge, and it's found woven throughout every verse, but in particular verse 8, which says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. It's his whole thought of where we take our refuge and how important it is. And what it looked like for David to actually make God his refuge. It's funny because on Monday, Athena posted a similar thought on the Facebook page of how making God our refuge is so important. You know, church, you will agree with me this morning that hindsight, hindsight is a really beautiful thing. It's a brilliant thing, something that we're all so thankful for. 
And Psalm 34, I guess, is really just hindsight of how the Lord delivered David in his experience of escaping the king. And David in this teaches us so much about this whole idea of refuge. When Pastor Matt um, sent me a text that asked me to speak this morning, that was the idea that came in to my head. This whole idea of refuge and where we go to in times of trouble. So for us today, what, what does it take? What does it mean to take refuge? The dictionary describes refuge as this. It says, it's the state of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or difficulty. It simply means a place to run to in times of trouble. And the Bible talks a lot about the idea. It says in Psalm 61, 46.1, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Or Psalm 9.9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Or Jeremiah, 1717 do not be a terror to me you are my refuge in the day of disaster it's a real common thing and the psalms are full of declarations of God being David's refuge but for us today looking at David in this story what does it mean like what does it mean for me and what does it mean for you and where can we find ourselves in this of course, from knowing the context, I'm not at all going to encourage you this morning to go do some crazy things, to act like a madman or let saliva run down your lockdown beard. That's not at all what I'm going to do. But I want to encourage you, wherever you are today, to think about making God your refuge and how this morning God can be your refuge. You see, it was in David's time of distress that he really understood this. Verse 4 says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. David knew this of God. He knew he needed to go to God and he knew he needed to look to God. And this morning, can I remind you that God is our very present help in time of need and in time of trouble. And as a church, we need to know that today, that God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in time of need. But as much as this word is an encouragement, and I hope it does encourage you, it's a challenge as well. It's a challenge in the sense that when we read Psalm 34, it's full of choices. David had a choice, and this morning, whether we like it or not, so do we, so do I. The psalm is full of, I sought the Lord, crying unto God, seeking the Lord. And that was David's choice, and it's our choice. It's our decision whether we do that or not. So if you're taking notes this morning in the short time that I have left, here's a few things about David's experience that I hope will be of some help to us today, wherever we find ourselves. Point number one, we need to go to God. It's really simple, but it's this truth that we need to go to God. David knew in the midst of running for his life that he needed to go to God and make God his refuge because this is reality, church. No matter our status, our bank account, our position, our position in work, whether we have work right now or not, whoever we are standing before God at one point in our lives and in many points of our lives actually will all face trouble. And with that will come this decision of who we run to, of where we run. Because that 
is the reality, church. We'll have this decision to run to someone, something, or somewhere. And David, David knew he needed to go to God. Psalm 61, 2, which is one of my favorite verses, recalls another one of David's experience when it says this. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. David knew he needed to go to God. And may I encourage you this morning, wherever you are listening, that when we make this decision to come to God, God actually hears you. Psalm 34 is full of promises that God hears when we seek him, that he saves us when we cry to him, that God bends to listen as Psalm 116.2 tells us, that he understands our weaknesses as 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, that he's aware of our tears, Psalm 56.8-11, that he cares for you, 1 Peter 5.7, and he knows your needs. There's this verse in Matthew 6.8 that actually tells us that God knows what we're going to ask before we even ask him. He knows what we need before we even bring it to him. Practically, this idea of coming to God might just actually look for you just taking something to God in prayer today, spending time in your Bible, just doing something where you draw near to God and the Bible tells us that God will draw near to us. So David needed to go to God and point number two, David needed to look to God. David not only needed to go to God as his refuge, but he needed to look to God for help. Let me say that again. David not only needed to go to God as his refuge, but he needed to look to God for help. A commentator once said this, the more we can think upon the Lord and the less upon ourselves, the better. Look into him as he is seated upon the right hand of the throne of God will keep our heads and especially our hearts steady when going through the deep waters of affliction. The verses that we're reading today say this in verse 4, that those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. We could take the whole day, I guess, to think about this whole idea. When we look to God, that our actual faces are radiant and that we will never be ashamed. But may I encourage you today, wherever you are, that when you think upon God, to think about him, who he actually is. To look upon God as he's seated upon the right hand of the throne of God. To think about the majesty of God and to look upon the majesty of God. To know that God hasn't fallen off his throne. That nothing has taken him by surprise. I, in my little understanding, don't know the answers. Like a lot of things, to be honest. But especially this whole idea of trouble. But I know this to be true. That God, that nothing has taken him by surprise. No virus, no phone call, nothing. That God is seated upon the right hand of the throne of God. So today for you, that might look like just spending more time in the word and actually finding out for yourself who God really is and who he says he is. Or today it might look like actually just taking a moment and to behold God and recognize, yeah, God, like you are still in control. You are still faithful, so faithful. So David needed to go to God and he needed to look to God. But here's the challenge. Woven throughout every line of Psalm 34 as I read it is this realisation and reality that David just needed God. He needed to go to God, he needed to look to God and he just needed God. 
And this is probably where it gets hard. It's not just this like simple like, God, like help, like if you can help, like that will be good. But God, it's a more like, I need you. Psalm 34, as I said, is full of David's choices. His choices to seek God, to cry out to God, to fear God. And it's not just this whimsical, like God, like I think you might be able to help me. So like, if you can, like that would be good. David was running for his life. It was more of a desperation, more of seeking God's presence, and you know, actually seeking more of God himself. Of course, there's this idea that God is always with us, that the Bible tells us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, but the Bible repeatedly tells us to seek the Lord. Psalm 105, 4 says this, seek the Lord, seek his presence continually. Because you know and I know that there's going to be seasons and there has been seasons where we all, me included, where we all become neglectful of God. But can I encourage you today when we choose to take refuge in this time and for the rest of our lives, that we're placing ourselves under a shelter of being safe and actually we can dwell there. We can dwell there. We don't have to rush past the moments with God, but it's like this desperation. So often we rush past it. We rush past the door of our rooms where God calls us to fall on our knees. We rush past the moments and miss out on what God could do. We rush past meeting God on a Monday because we've got so used to the Sunday fix. We rush past and the result, and this is the hard part, the result is we end up hardening our hearts when actually God has so much more for us. This whole idea of being like a complete dependence on God, like God, if you don't pull through right now, like I'm going to look silly, like God, I need you to pull through right now, like Jacob wrestling with God, because church, this is the reality. Making God our refuge was never made to be a pit stop. Like when your tire runs out of air and you go to the garage to get it fixed until it happens again. But making God our refuge should be a dwelling place. It was made to be a dwelling place. A place where we can't live without, that we can't live without his presence, that we can't live without God himself. David writes these words, and this is what I'll finish with. Before Satan blessed is the man who takes refuge in him, he writes this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You've probably heard that first so many times that you could probably actually say it without even reading it. You probably know it at the back of your mind. But what does it actually mean? Because here's the reality for us to church this morning. When it comes to think of this whole idea of refuge, I know, and you know far too often in our lives, we content ourselves with God to go hungry just outside the doors of his banquet. We allow ourselves to rush when he says, just come. We let our minds deal with our worries. We let our hearts run wild. 
Tozer says this, the church is perishing for the lack of the knowledge of God and the church, well, the church is famishing for the want of his presence. Let me say that again. The world is perishing for the lack of the knowledge of God and the church is famishing for the want of his presence. Tragically, we are often so used to occasionally glimpsing of his glory or catching the odd crumb that falls off the table when really God invites us to seek and to see and to taste him, to see that he is good, that he is trustworthy, that he is dependable, that you can build your life on him no matter what has happened, no matter what is going on, that he is dependable that he is still on the right hand of the throne of God, that he is faithful, that he is in control, that he knows your every need, that he sees your every tear, that he is aware of your every weakness, yet somehow still loves you. It's this whole idea of refuge where we put our trust that God, actually, I need you more today. I need you more. I need you more than I did yesterday. That I can't do another day without you. Because that verse tells us, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We taste and see that he is good. He is good. He's a good father. To taste and see that he is good. And you know, this response as we finish should make us cry and worship. It should make us fall on our knees that God would even be mindful of us. That he would even think upon us. We don't deserve this at all in any means or any respect. We don't. Yet he invites us to seek and see and taste that he is good. That he invites us to come into refuge and to be with him. To be safe and sheltered from danger, pursuit and difficulty. And I don't know about you church, but that's what I need right now. That's what we need right now. And it's what our world needs. Because the world, as Tozer puts it, is perishing for the lack of the knowledge of God and the church. They're famishing for the want of his presence. So this morning, as we're finishing, what does this look like for you? What does Psalm 34 look like for you this morning? Maybe this morning, wherever you are, you need to decide just to go to God. And that might be actually accepting God into your life and making him the Lord of your life. And nothing would fill our hearts with more joy if that's what you decided this morning. That you decided that I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to know where I'm going. I need to know that I'm forgiven. And I need his help. And if you want to do that, why don't you send the, the page a message and we will help you. We will be there for you to help you through this decision. Maybe this morning you need to go to God in the sense that you need to come and lay some things down before him. You need to bring your worries, your cares, your fears, your doubts before him. Maybe it's deciding today in your situation that you need clarity and wisdom and that you need to look to God. His word is so full of that and that's what you'll find when you come to him. Or maybe actually you just need more of God. You need God himself. You need more of his presence. You desperately want more of that. And the word tells you this morning that when you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. 
You need to stop making God, making refuge a pit stop, but actually making refuge a growing point. That today you're going to make the decision, and act like we all will, we're all the same in this. To make refuge a growing point, not just a pit stop. That we don't just come and occasionally stop by and catch the odd crumb that falls from the table. But we come and we dwell with God himself. Because church, isn't that just the safest place to be? Isn't that just the best place to be? So this morning, I hope um, the word of God has challenged you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope you feel blessed by it. And as we come to pray, if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus and become a Christian, why don't you send the page a message, send someone you know a message, and they will be honoured to help you out and all that. This morning, let's just finish in a word of prayer, church. God, thank you that you are a refuge to us. Thank you that you are a very present help in time of trouble. And Lord, we just pray for every need in church, Lord. We thank you that you are in control. Thank you that you are a help, that you are a strength. Lord, we pray for those hurting today. God, would you draw close to them in a really real way. God, we pray for those confused today. God, would you bring clarity to them. God, we pray for those, God, that want to make this decision to make you Lord of their life. God, would you just minister to them? God, help us as the church, God, to be there. God, help us as the church, God, where we find ourselves in the world today. Help us to be a light. God, help us to not be full of fear, but God, to shine the light of Jesus wherever we go. Thank you that you are a refuge, a place where we can come and we can dwell. God, help us in our weeks, in our day-to-day, to make that a reality and an experience in our own lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.